time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 324. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Trevor along with you from EFTM.com. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Mate, we're in the Tech Guide Theatre, mate. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome, Trevor. And uh, it's good that good that we're back again after a little break last week. It's like a like a ratings break in ratings radio break. or was TV. It a ratings period was it in the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, podcasting world, non ratings period. Ratings period. All right. Wasn't observed by any other podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think people realised that I was driving across the country and you weren't, and yeah. that made it difficult to do. And we have this newfound commitment, which is now two years old, to always do the show together. Yeah, and. Uh, well, so I couldn't do it by myself. If if I did, it would be called the Tech Guide Podcast, yeah. which is, which is uh, available every week on iTunes. Get it, people. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Hisense. We'll tell you about them shortly. Let's get into the week in tech. Well, Stephen, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow is December. I mean, hello. Can you believe it? Oh, oh, yes, it's been a long year. Yeah. Oh, it feels like it feels like February to me. Does it feel like uh, – so you're saying that you feel like the year's really gone fast? No, it feels it's like it's dragged it on. So it still feels like February, you said? Okay. It's dragged on. It's like dragged. I feel like I've had, you know, an extra two months in the year. Okay. Maybe you have. Have you got your Christmas tree up yet? No, mate, no. no? Do you normally, does that normally get put up in the long household? Yeah, absolutely. What do you yeah. think? I'm another religion I'm, or something? I'm just asking. It's got nothing to do with religion. Just asking. I think Christmas does. Yeah, of course. But I mean, the act of putting a Christmas tree up is you can be an atheist and do that, couldn't you? Or not. I'm not sure. But I think an well, atheist, putting up, already. An atheist up putting up a Christmas Where was it? I didn't see it. Oh, it's just a Fair tiny enough. little tree with some lights on it. Yeah, I'll show you on the way out. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of a, a new wave-looking Christmas tree. Oh, man, ours is to the ceiling. <laughs> is it? It's a proper... Wow. The kids you know, we've had the same one for a good 12 years. Okay. And, and it's obviously not a, a fresh one you buy every year and no, then put, out for, put in the garbage. No. It's a proper they plastic stink. Christmas tree. Yeah. Do the kids help you decorate it and all that? Do they get into the spirit of it? Or They do very much. Do you help or does Amanda do that? I, I'm, I'm normally in charge of the structural integrity of putting the tree okay. up with the leaves on yeah. and then leave the rest of uh, everyone uh, else. Otherwise known as the easy part. Putting and the tree together, the easy the part. The easy part. Then putting those other little, the, the, the balls. You've got to find which, which branches go at which level. It's a pain oh, in the okay. ass, mate. Right, okay, cool. I'm sure we'll be we'll be seeing highlights of it on social media then when you do it, mate. <laughs> we probably will. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Oh, no, hang on. Though. We're actually in the middle of a segment. <laughs> Some of my He's- best. He's had a week off. You're rusty already. The segment is about Christmas. I was trying to remember what we were going to talk about. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot. (laughs) Oh, no, I promised someone I would never sing again. Well, I reckon I can go, all right. Um, So, Stephen, it's going to be a big tech Christmas, let's be honest. Um, Always a good tech Christmas, big tech Christmas. I think think this year better than than others. We're talking a little while about... uh, about Telstra's uh, data around you know, kids and phones in, in Christmas, but 
I think it's interesting to me to observe people's buying habits. Um, I think there's no doubt that accessories are still the go-to gift for Christmas because as long as you know what someone has in their tech life, you can pretty much pair anything with them. You know, a Bluetooth speaker, headphones, um, you know, accessories like those are an easy go-to at Christmas time, don't you reckon? Absolutely right, yeah. I think uh, it's very easy to know if you know, obviously you know your friends, what sort of phone they're using and, and, and what their habits are, whether they love music. I think headphones, earphones, are, are you can't lose because everyone likes music, male or female, whatever age you are, music is, is of appeal to everybody and I think what, what is in particular, I think this year, wireless head, earphones and headphones with oh. with headphone jacks disappearing now. What sort I of friend buys, buys a friend a pair of headphones that need to be plugged in? I think, well, someone who maybe may not have a big budget to, to spend on wireless earphones. Okay. Yeah. But there's cheap wireless earphones now. Yeah, there, there are, of course. 60 yeah. bucks. Audio fly, yeah, they were pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I think that that's one big gift. I reckon another big gift this year is going to be um, smart devices, like little IoT devices where you can you might be able to buy someone like a smart light or a, a, a little security camera or things like that. I think they're, they're the gifts that you can give to people who can then – they're really easy to put on their wireless network and it just gives them that bit of convenience in their life. And may even be the product that starts them on their journey with their smart products. Maybe someone, say someone like you or me, who've got a few of them, we think, well, yeah, why don't we gift a product like that to to a friend or family member? Mm. And that that's kind of their entry into that world. Yeah. And then, well, they'll think, oh, how good is this? And then they'll they'll just see how easy it is and how convenient it is, and they'll they'll get into it more themselves. You know, a Philips Hue starter kit. And you can get starter kits with just a bulb. It doesn't even have yeah. to be um, the hub because one yeah. bulb can be can be controlled by a little panel yep. plus your phone. Um, and then you can then they can expand that with more bulbs, or you can get the starter kit with a hub. I mean, the Philips Hue is probably, well, I reckon, the ultimate starter into the smart home. Don't you reckon? I agree. Yeah, that that the lights. Uh, the I quite like the Nano Leaf. I'm a big fan of the Aurora lights, and I've just just got the Rhythm module now, which means you can plug that into your lights, and then when you're playing music, the lights actually react to the sound. So I've got a little bit of a disco happening in my office now nowadays. But uh, I reckon that's a really cool gift. Security cameras. I reckon they're wire wire free. You know, there's the Arlo's from Netgear. The, I think Swan have got one now. Uh, Uniden also. Yeah, have I've got one. you know. And, it's interesting, and we, we didn't talk about this because we skipped a show, but I, I've got all three of those up in the exact same spot at the moment, the Unity and the Arlo and the Swan, and there, there is interesting incremental differences between them all. But in the end, the ability to get into the smart camera space for under 300 bucks is what is going to drive the Swan and Unity and products. Um, but the expandability of the Arlo system makes that the interesting one for those that have got the longer-term vision. But yeah. Do you know what? I mean, someone who, um, you know, has a a special uh, car in the driveway or someone that, you know, has uh, concerns about their backyard, you know, it's a $300 gift, mate. Wants to keep an eye on their pets or their their holiday house or their office. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. Like, you know, they might have a they might have a, a boat parked in the driveway or something like that. So it, it a is a ring video products. doorbell. Now yeah, that's a, yeah, I mean yeah. we're in the we're in the three hundred dollars space here, but yeah. you know that is an unbelievable gift if absolutely, you absolutely yeah. like a, especially I reckon the ring video doorbell is a great gift for the 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 grandparent in the family. I'm talking about in our situation, you yeah, know, like yeah. our, well, our parents. parents yeah, but I'm just parents. saying for the for the kids to give yeah, yeah, you know a smart doorbell to the grandparents. You know, it's. Three hundred dollars is the kind of money a you know a, a mid 
I guess, a parents would spend on their own parents. You know, people yeah. in their 30s and 40s Absolutely. will happily spend on on their own parents. Yeah. But then the other thing is going down the, the price tier. Um, oh, people at Office Work sent me two little, three little Bluetooth speakers for the kids. And I went, oh, what are these? I looked them up. They were $19.88. And I went, oh, these are going to be not. Yeah. Mate, I was blown away. These things, right, they're, they're tiny, um, but they have LED lights on them. So the LED lights um, uh, beat to the to the volume. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they go higher like a, like a waveform. And all under 20 but bucks. Under, mate, good. I'm telling you, sound quality, very good. Yeah. Not a $150 speaker sound yeah. quality, but you would have listened to $20 speakers before. Yeah. They're rubbish. They sound tinny, yeah. Mate, these are, these are good. I had a bloke, I put a video on, on Twitter, I had a bloke go and buy one that afternoon hmm. and I wrote back and said, okay, so I'm curious to know your thoughts on the sound quality. He goes, mate, it's super impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, so for 20 bucks. You great can get a little Bluetooth speaker. It's great good, good stocking filler. Child, eh? So are they designed oh, for children or the for The kids anyone? love them. Yeah, yeah. so they, they put on a bit of a light show. Yeah, they come, a, they come in pink, blue and you know, black. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's that's one advantage too In if you're looking for a tech gift. There's so much competition out there. There's a lot of value to be had. Mm. There's a lot, a lot of good prices. Like you walk into any store, Harvey's, JB, Officeworks, good guys – they are competing hard for your dollar because they, they want your business. And, and all these tech products are, are really great prices now. So definitely a great time to be shopping and, and get it out of the way early. It's December tomorrow. Mm. So uh, don't leave it at the last minute because you may be uh, scratching around. So then another great – we talked about smart lighting and stuff. But the other great idea is is one of these smart home assistants. And obviously Google Home is the only one. Yeah. Uh, in the market, we didn't talk about Siri HomePod being delayed, but yes. you know, that's been delayed. It, you know, it's a pretty embarrassing second year in a row delay for Apple AirPods and now HomePod. Um, but you know, yeah, they got a pod in it that they have to take to take, take their time, don't they? The, yeah, the pod or audio. It's the pod syndrome, audio and pod syndrome. Yeah. Well, look, I respect the fact that they decided to wait, put it back, and make it perfect rather than putting it out and and make it. They not just not a, not a massive opportunity with Christmas. Oh, absolutely, voice assistants. Yeah, they did. Google, totally right. but Google obviously Amazon. God knows when they're coming. Despite the the furor from the tech <laughs> to the tech community, God, what haven't they had themselves in a muck lather in the last week about Amazon launching, uh, and then you know nothing but, happened. But nothing happened. Exactly right. The rumors were strong that they were what was it supposed to be last Friday, Thursday, two o'clock, oh, and then yeah. Friday, and but, then oh, it'll be on the weekend. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, so Google Home um, and Google Home Mini. Now, Google Home Mini is like 80 bucks. Google Home's 200 You've got the Sony Google Home speaker. You've got JBL Google Home Assistant speakers. There's a bunch of them out there. And I think what's cool about that is you can have the speaker and, and have no smart home stuff. So you can just link it and just start asking questions, you know, whether it's the trivia or whether it's Googling stuff. And then the other thing is the amount of people that are integrating Google Home into their services. So we had Woolworths last week integrate yep. a Woolworths app into into Google Home. So you can say, um, hey, Google, add um, a litre of milk to my shopping list. Hey, and Google, add some, um, what is it, those, those lollies you like, the Allens? Racing cars. The, 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 ra- the racing cars. They make racing car lollies. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mate, you, you should get some. They're the very good. You put them on the list, haven't you? Man, I'm very hungry now. What have you done to me? Well, I don't have any of those to give you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, on the way home, I'll be getting oh, some. Yeah, you'll be no, I won't be. No, no, I'm, I've been very good been with good, my mate? eating. I've been very good, yeah. That's good. Um, so <laughs> that's cool. But then this yesterday, eBay announced that their app was also going to be available on Google Home. Now, what this means is you can say, hey, Google, ask eBay to find me an iPhone. And it might come back and say, uh, which iPhone? 
iPhone 6. You say iPhone 6. He says, okay, I've found a lot of iPhone 6s. The average price is, you know, $600. Um, and if, once you narrow down that conversation, it'll actually send the link to your phone. And from that point, you can then go and shop. Yeah, oh, I don't mind. Remarkable. This is a cool idea. It is really cool. And you, you that back and forth, you can choose. I think the example they gave, and I'll put that in my stories, if you say looking for a bag and it says what color and you know what type of bag and so all the Why are you looking styles. for a handbag, Steve? No, I'm just using the example that uh, that was provided by eBay where uh, you, you have this conversation and, as you said, when you when that finds something that fits those parameters, you just look on your phone and there it is. It's uh, – it, it's it is make the it makes that experience a little bit easier if you're looking for if you know what you're looking for. I think the other example they gave was uh, ask eBay to find me a GoPro Hero Six, and then it'll it'll say okay here are there's all these options, and the best deal is for X amount of dollars, and then yeah. you just look at your phone and then you're away. So the other one is you can ask it what's it worth. So you can say hey Google, um, I've got an iPhone Six, what's it worth? Mm. Ask eBay, and it will then give you the average selling price of that product mm. on eBay. So before you decide to either throw something out, um, give yeah. it to a friend, or sell it. Google Google Home can do that for you. Now, you know, it's, it it's cash before Christmas. There's going to be a bunch of intricacies of it. It's not going to, you know, people will trick it into not working because, you know, some things, I guess, won't, um, you know, won't show up in the, in the directory. It's going to take time for it to learn. But yeah. I guess it's just an example of how that kind of shopping uh, is, is going to get easier with Google Home and, and, and similar things like it. Totally right, and, and we're seeing that not only the shopping experience, you've seen, you mentioned Woolworths earlier, uh, it's it's also there's the convenience of, of having the something to ask, what's the traffic like, what's my day like? It, it, this, the virtual assistant, I think we're becoming more, when it first was released, everyone thought, yeah, it's not really, I remember offering it to my, I said, oh, to my wife, I said, I'll put one in the kitchen for you, mm. and she went, eh, I don't really need it. Yeah. Because it was so new and no one was used to using it, but now where she's seeing, like she saw that eBay integration and and Woolies, Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. she's thinking, yeah, she's sort of suddenly thinking, okay, I might give it a try now. So I'm going to put a, a Google Home the Mini out there. Does your wife read your website? She does actually. Yeah, yeah, wow. she does. Can you believe that? Yeah, my wife only only looks at mine because she sometimes does the Facebook stuff. No, that's what, that's where my, my wife sees it. She goes, "I oh, know I saw it on." Uh, yeah, right. she goes, "I oh, know I've saw it on Facebook." I said, "You know, you can go to you, you can, can actually click it in you know." And uh, <laughs> and she goes, "Yeah, I know." I said, "She she says I haven't opened my computer yet." And I said, "Well, you know, you can look at it on your phone. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get a click off my own family members, but anyway, that's why we. Had, yeah. That's that's why I had three kids so that I can uh, <laughs> and I get three clicks a day out of them. <laughs> I'm lucky to get that. I told him, I said, you know what? The more you click, the richer we get. Well, hey. So think about that. So yeah. think about that. And she and they went, okay, all right. <laughs> well, tell us what's on your shopping list. Tell us what you're interested in this Christmas. Tell us what you're thinking of getting for people and what people are asking you in terms of tech this Christmas. Be interested to know because uh, we've obviously got to uh, deal with those questions over the next month. So your feedback, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, just go on to Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, while we're on the subject of Christmas, mm. uh, Telstra put some interesting Merry Christmas, out. mate. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. It's uh, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. You know what we should actually, total segue here. You know it's less than two weeks now before The Last Jedi starts in theatres. Did you know that? Oh, mate, that was the Less worst. than two weeks. Mate, we're talking Christmas. Christmas is You're like the four Grinch. weeks away. The Last Jedi is only two weeks away. Can you believe it? Do you know what else that means? What does that mean? It's getting close to your birthday. Mm. When is your birthday? Is it the 30th of December? What, what, when's The Last Jedi come out? Oh, the 14th of December is your birthday. 
Happy birthday. Do you want to take you to the movies for your birthday? No. Are you sure? No. I'll buy you a ticket to The Last Jedi. Sit right next to me for your birthday. You know what? So what you want to do is put pins in my eyeballs for my birthday. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, oh, he took a okay. fence there. All right. I stepped over the line. I, I stepped over the Star Wars line. I won't, I won't offer the ticket. I'll give it to someone else, mate, who will appreciate it. You know? yeah, and that's what I'm saying, Stephen. Okay, fair call, fair call. If what you... I'd appreciate is just being left alone for a day. Okay, fair enough. That All applies right. to All my right. family. We too. won't be recording that day then, eh? Probably not. It's a, when, it's a Thursday, okay. the 14th. I don't know yeah. what day we record anymore. Yeah, exactly right. It's Neither become, does our audience. It's become a magical mystery tour now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, what are, we, what are we talking about again? Yeah, Christmas. Christmas. And, uh, and Telstra's in, uh, some interesting research from Telstra about how uh, smartphones are the top of the wish list for, for parents, uh, for their kids. Uh, the, the research from Telstra said that almost half of Aussie parents will be giving their child a device for Christmas, a smartphone. Half. Nearly well, 45% is the actual figure. But you think about it, a, a lot of the parents are considering buying it because their, their children are at the, at the age, I think, between 10 and 12. 12 seems to be, the, I won't call it the right age, but the most popular age yeah. because it, it varies for various people. Because essentially also 12 is generally year seven age, high exactly school age right. too. Yeah, that's when my kids and, got their And phones. I think thinking about it, um, think about the concept. It's a smart move by parents, and I'm in that position pretty much this year or next. But, you know, Jackson goes in, go into high school in 2019 so rather than getting him a smartphone in January the 15th of 2019, a week before he goes to school, uh-huh. rather than getting one at the end of uh, 2018 when his birthday is, get him one for Christmas because yeah. like, he's going to love it. Like he's going to love having a phone, isn't he? And so you're actually killing two birds with one stone. You, so you've already given up what you're going to give Jackson for his for Christmas next year. Mate, already, that's what he's going to ask You've for. already spoiled Christmas There's no doubt. You. So uh, that's a very good point. He is listening, but it's not yeah, guaranteed. Okay? Jackson, yeah, we're just joking, mate. He's, only, he's not going to get your phone. He's going to get you a Star Wars toy. That's what he's going to get you. Do your kids like Star Wars? Didn't, didn't someone give, was it Harry, got a little Star Wars gift for his birthday? Yeah, I'm sure they love Star Wars as a merchandise thing, but they've okay. never seen the movies. Okay. That's thanks to you. Know, never happy, happy seen to the movies. Happy to screen the Tech Guide Theatre. Yeah, what are they rated? Yeah, PG. Yeah, all of them? All good. Uh, except for, I think, Revenge of the Sith was rated M. Yeah, well, they're not yeah. watching that until they're 15. Okay. Jeez. Sorry, Hitler. We'll, uh, well, that's what the ratings are for. Okay. They, they get away with watching that. It's not a problem. Oh, it's okay. Not a problem. Yeah, cheers, Uncle just, Steve. There's a few, just a few decapitations and limbs being lost to oh. that. It's all good. <laughs> no, just joking, Jackson. We won't, we won't ski with Star Wars. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely franchise. Oh, yes, but uh, look, exactly think- what it is. It's a franchise. <laughs> it's a money-making exercise. Oh, they got me. Just They've have a look me. around your yeah, room. Have My a look God. around here. Yeah, I think I've paid for Lucasfilm a uh, fair, fair bit of their, uh, their bottom line is in this room. Anyway, we're, to, we're getting back on track here with the, the smartphones. But you know what? As, as popular as they're going to be, the research also shows that there is still a bit of concern from the parents, and the concern is that I'm going to buy this phone for my child. It's just going to it's going to be a bill that I'm going to have to pay. They're going to get maybe go over their data limits. They may drop it and break it. So there's also those concerns as well. So I think it's important as part of the process to not only gift your child the smartphone, but it doesn't end there. You need to educate them as well. Like to give, teach them teach them the appropriate use of the device and lead by example too. So if you do set the rule of okay, no phones at the dinner table. 
you got to follow that yourself. It's no point you there just tapping away on your phone while your kids aren't allowed to do it. So you really need to lead by example so that they grow up knowing the right habits, the, the right etiquette around the phone. Mm. They have a um, – we spoke to the people at Telstra on the radio show this week and they talked about the, the website that gives you guidance on this stuff and they have a, a, a smartphone agreement you can download which, yes. uh, which is basically a contract. It's a way of saying here's, here's the agreement under which we will let you have the phone. So that, that to me is such really a smart thing. Right. To, it's yeah. a conversation starter because we've yeah. said this a million times. There's no point having rules if you're not discussing them, okay? Yeah. You can't just write and them on a board. Them. You have to discuss <laughs> them. You have to have a conversation about them. You can't just enforce them um, based on a list. Absolutely right. No, that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that contract's a terrific idea. And I think it gets – it gets like uh, it'll sort of add, I think, add to the excitement of the child thinking, oh, wow, I've got to sign a contract. It sort of makes them feel a little bit important. Mm. That, 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 you know, they've got to this – this comes with responsibility, this product. So uh, I think that that's a great move by Telstra, and I think uh, we're going to see a lot of happy happy children on Christmas Day. And the other thing that I learned – I'm sure I knew about it, but it's kind of, it kind of gone, to the, gone out of my mind – is that Telstra have um, a facility on their accounts that allow you to turn on parental controls, basically, where you can limit um, the usage times, you can limit the usage amounts. There's a lot of great that, things they around. offer parents, exactly. Been but for a while, a couple of years. But though. again, you, you've got to you got to ask for those things and talk about those things if you want to um, instill them into your kids' uh, accounts. And Absolutely. it's it's, a, it's available at an account level. It's not an app. Mm-hmm. You can have restrictions on their on their account, data limits and stuff like that, based on their account, yeah. not on the actual phone. Just on that, there are there are others. Well, I think we spoke about. I think Google have got a family. They've got a family uh, program now, an app that lets you monitor your child's phones, as long yeah. as they're Android yeah. devices. And let's face it, there's you're not going to give your child a $1,500 iPhone first device. So likely it'll be an Android device affordable price. You're not going to give them the top-of-the-line product. $99, Jacko. Yeah, there you have it. So that that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, but there are uh, uh, people that realise that if they've got internet security software, uh, even the phones themselves have parental control, so you can, you can get into the device and, and set limits on the type of websites yep. they can reach and set age you know, limits on various things. Uh, and even at an internet security software level, where if you've got this internet security software on your computer, a lot of people don't realise, and I'm sure you get this question on the radio too, they don't realise that these controls have been there the whole yeah. time. They haven't used them. And you talk about what's on the device. I'll give you a classic example. My kids have each got a, an Apple device, an iPod, iPod, and Jacko's got an iPad. I've set them up with restrictions, passcode restricted, so I can change them. Yes. And they've put an age group in there. Now, I'll be honest, I've, I've put them all one level above their age because I think the Ooh. age restrictions are a bit, you know, uh, so, very harsh. So I can't watch your Shut movies, um, but you put them above. But, eh? but so Harry and Vivi are at a lower level than Jackson because they're course, younger, right? And Jackson plays Roblox. I don't know if you've ever seen this Roblox, game, but it's yeah. crazy, okay? Yeah. It's a super addictive. Kids love it. Yeah. And the two little ones were crying about not having it. I said, it's oh. because you're not old enough. It's rated for a higher age group, uh, and one of the reasons is the global chat in there. There's chat in the in the game, and and I, Do they that's understand not happening, that? mate. They understand as soon as up, as mate? soon as the tears dried up because originally it was oh Harry's like Vivi's got it, no, I don't. I'm like, hang on, that's a bit weird. She didn't have it. She just thought she had it. She was oh, she was teasing essentially. Was but oh. look, in the end. The, there's there's been no since that day there's been no drama no conversation about it because yeah. Harry goes well I'm not old enough okay. like he just knows it and you've got to have those conversations with the kids and some of them are difficult because they're upset and you you want to give it to them as a parent but you've got to have those yeah. conversations you've got to put those restrictions in place that's a really good point you know with with parenting and games and being responsible we're talking about the phones here but even in the gaming world 
that's that's another thing. Games are going to be very popular this Christmas, no doubt about it. And and I've seen with my own eyes parents buying their kids MA games, R-rated games. Like we're talking Call of Duty, Mate, uh, which 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 parents think, oh, it's a lot of fun. They're shooting, but they don't realise how graphic these games yeah, are. When you play you through know, the story, it's there's, um, there's exposure it's, to it's, some pretty serious themes there, which incredibly explicit stuff. And we've talked about it, you know. Okay, so so a lot of kids might play it, but sit there with your kids and watch it like a movie and, and explain it to them if you have to. But yeah. don't just buy your kids Grand Theft Auto Five thinking they're going to yeah. have fun because the stuff they're going to be doing is oh, R-rated is, stuff. It is pretty graphic. Like I've played Call of Duty, World War II, the, whole, the campaign, I'm in the multiplayer, and it is very graphic. It's rated R for a reason. It, it's 18-plus game and other games, I think Battle Star Wars Battlefront, I don't think that's as high rated as Call of Duty. But, but it is there, rated high. There is ratings there for a reason, just like we're talking about parental controls and, and different age groups. Please pay attention to these games. I've seen this with my own eyes, parents abusing staff members in game stores for not selling their child an R-rated game. Yeah. I've seen it with my own eyes. So, you know, t- parents, take some responsibility. You don't want to give these games that are not appropriate for your child. Uh, it's, it's just not the right thing to do. Two blokes talking tech. Let's know what you're doing with uh, kids and smartphones. What age are you giving to them? What uh, what are the restrictions you put in place? Uh, start a conversation at Stephen Fennig at Trevor Long. Hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Well, you already know Arlo by Nitke, the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100% Wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now the best in the business is the Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has a quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, live on-demand streaming, and yes, still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. So you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Plus, Get the Arlo Pro uh, Arlo Solar Panel and you can keep that thing charged forever. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up and you can check on your home or business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So some interesting news this week from Samsung. Um, and I had a chat on the radio with uh, Dr. Wu from uh, Samsung's uh, American branch talking about the... Um, the, the advances they'd been making in health and fitness and general well-being. Now, there's a lot of lot to this. Um, obviously, we can talk about things like the gear range of watches, um, what what the what the smartphones are able to do with health detection and monitoring. You know, the, it's a huge competitive market. Apple and Samsung both working heavily in this space, health and fitness. But one of the things that they announced was a clinical trial using Gear VR headsets um, of pain. Uh, treatment. So essentially, someone who is suffering some fu- some form of pain, um, and I'm really dumbing this down, can sit with a Gear VR headset on and, and watch content that is specifically designed to, I'm just going to say, essentially trick your brain into yeah, fading away the pain. Your brain, yeah. So it affects different areas of your brain. Sort of the, your pain receptors in your brain are located in different parts of your brain where you do other parts, other things. But it, it, it is uh, it was Samsung's first 
Healthcare Smart Summit, and this is this is more a B two B summit where there's a lot of the medical community there. Samsung obviously is a, is a tech company and, and now a, a medical health company, uh, talking about all the uh, the applications that's possible with VR, and they do have actually some that exist, and uh, they're seeing that uh, the use of VR is goes a long way to uh, the, the, the two solutions I heard of was there's one called Iris Vision. Have you heard of this where you know how some people have severe vision vision problems where they're, they're, they've got to be really close to an object to see it. They're not completely blind, yeah. but they've got to be literally inches away from something before they see it. Uh, by using iris vision with, with the VR, I've heard examples of the sufferers of, with these, these severe vision impairments can actually sit on the couch with their family watching television yeah. rather than having to be three a meter away from the television. And just to explain, Iris Vision also it basically it customizes what it does based on your uh, visual impairment. So if you've got um, and I'm going to I'm not know the exact names, but if you've got the the vision impairment where the center of your um, vision is 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 restricted, what it does is it uses the camera on the VR to show the center part outside of the center of your vision. Likewise, if you've got kind of a lack of peripheral vision, it will show that peripheral vision kind of compressed and squashed into the center of your vision. So it's quite a remarkable use of technology. Now, obviously, you need to wear a VR headset and you can't you can drive a car like that. But, you know, in, okay. around your home, it's yeah. a pretty amazing way to give some restoration of vision concepts to yeah. people with, a, with an impairment. I spoke to Dr. David Rue as well. In fact, his interview is going to be on my next Tech Guide podcast next week. And he was talking about this other condition uh, with, you know, he, he, did, he did mention the fact that, you know, there, there are applications for, to use it with cancer patients, with, uh, with elderly patients, with uh, people with disabilities. But there was one thing in terms of elderly patients. He said there is a, there's a syndrome in, in, like, especially nursing homes and hospitals, it's called sundown, sundowner syndrome where the, the the people get a little bit anxious and 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 upset when the sun's setting it's an actual condition where they they get they even get violent they, they, they it's this condition that comes over them during these sunset hours and he said that the VR can really help them get over that and and the the sort of content they show them and, and this also applies to dementia patients is content based on some of their memories. So they, they, the, the VR might show them, uh, for example, a, a, a street in Paris and remind them of a, a trip they did to Paris yeah. when, they were, when they were younger. So it's sort of all that, it, it, I think it's that association through the VR that, that envelops them in this environment that, just, that does something, sort of helps them sort of shift in their mind away from this, this thing that they're, they're suffering and, and helps them get over it uh, using, using the Samsung headset, the Gear, Gear VR. I was blown away by this because I've now seen maybe four or five great instances of VR usage in healthcare. Um, and, you know, I think VR is rubbish as a consumer tool. I just, <laughs> well, you, you gaming think, in it, yeah, I just, well, you know, I think it had a fad. I think, I think it's like 3D, it kind of disappeared, you know. Yeah, no, well, I think but, applications for it. But, but it, I think it, it, this it is, is showing that it has better and greater applications. Oh, totally. I think when, when if, you, if you went to the average person on the street and said, what do you think of VR? The first thing you're going to think about is games and, yeah. and experiences. Whereas the, this this use of it in, the, in healthcare uh, is remarkable. The, 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 amount, the amount of things they're, they're achieving is incredible. 
Well, it's um, it's a good announcement. Stephen's written it up at uh, techguide.com.au. You can listen to Stephen's interview uh, with Dr. Roo on uh, Tech Guide podcast next week. And if you subscribe to Talking Technology with Trevor Long, you can listen back to that one as well. And then you can tell us who had the better interview. <laughs> Not competitive much, are you? Well, I was uh, down in Melbourne last week for the opening of Apple's new Chadston store. Now, there was uh, this is a massive centre in uh, in Melbourne, uh, in a suburb of Melbourne, and there was already actually an Apple store in the Chadston shopping centre. And did it, they move it or just refurb it? They moved it. They I was going to say store. I can't see them um, shutting down for five months while no. they refurb. Well, you know, what, what actually <laughs> happened was that the old store closed at nine o'clock on the Thursday night. And then it was boarded up by next. The next morning, it was boarded up with a sign that says, uh, "You know, we'd never ever leave you." The new store is around here, and so that the very next morning, uh, they unveiled the new store, which is three times bigger, has like more than two hundred staff, and adopts the new style and layout of some of the Apple stores that we saw. I think one of the first was in Union well, yeah, Square. Yeah, the first one was Union Square in, in San Francisco, which is now. I mean, I know what they've done with Chadson's amazing because they've got the big glass doors and everything at the front and the and the. Tra- but but Union Square is something very very special yeah, in terms of the overall layout the with front, the two story, yeah. the the kind of cantilever construction. It's amazing, but yeah. it's more about the layout of the store, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, the, it's and also the features of the store of the store. In in my report, I, I did describe an Apple store as like another massive Apple product. It is a product that they continually develop and improve, redesign, just like they do with the iPhone and the iPad. And in this instance, Chadston's the first in Australia to have this new design, a new look and feel. They've got the Forum, which is this massive area in front of this big 6K video screen where you can listen to the Today at Apple sessions. I think the one where we were there last week, it was how to edit your photos on your iPhone. So these little handy little sessions to help you get the best out of your products. What I think is interesting, though, is how do they do this everywhere? So I can imagine they can, you know, find a different location in Chatsworth. They can find a different location in Hornsby. They can do this with different stores. But what do they do in Sydney? Uh, because yeah. that store is going to date very quickly once these things roll yeah. out. Now they have three levels in Sydney. They do. Um, I just. I just, what do they do? Shut one level down and refurb it? Do they work their way yeah, from the top tricky. to the bottom? Yeah. I mean, they can't move that store. Yeah. They just can't. Those Absolutely, glass panels yeah. are worth too much money. Yeah. But uh, that said, they have shut down the the Fifth Avenue store in, in Times uh, in, uh, in New York. Yeah, they relocated. Um, well, the, the, but that's the point. Is the they, they've, they've, kind of, they've kind of made a temporary a, They've visit. got a temporary one while, yeah. they, while they build a new one. So well, maybe that's, that's what they have to do in Sydney. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, I, I asked the question whether uh, hopefully we'll see something closer to home for us in Sydney where, where they have this store. But, um, you know, the other changes, though, the, the like you know how the, the Genius Bar became a really common a popular place. There's no bar anymore. They do have what they call the Genius Grove, which is under these ficus trees where you sit down. There's like the leather seats beneath the trees, and that's where the genius come and talk to you sort of one-to-one. So there's no bar separating the genius and yourself. Uh, They've also got what they call the avenues, which are the side, the walls, down each side of the store, showing all the accessories and cases and headphones and all the gear that works with all the stuff that's still in the middle of the store, which are the, all the tables that have – they're still there, have got the iPhones, the Apple Watches and the, and avenue, the, the thing about the Avenue is it's, it's laid out in such a way that it's, um, it's also seasonal so they can bring in different products at different times yeah. but also it's – 
I mean, Apple does what Apple does. They just highlight specific products. It's it's kind of a retail um, goal to to be stocked in Apple. Um, totally. And, and they have that. You here's the thing, folks. If you want to see how much influence Apple has, uh, look at the packaging of a product in Harvey Norman, and then look at the packaging of the product in Apple. They have they have to have specific style packaging. You often find it's always white. Mm-hmm. So the packaging of something might be black in one area, um, but they'll have a white version for Apple stores, so you mm-hmm. can see where it was bought. Uh, the Gmu robot. I remember a couple of years or last year I, I reviewed at JB Hi-Fi. There's, it's a certain. It's like three packs at, at Apple. It's just they've just got one pack because they're not going to stock different ranges mm-hmm. and it looks different. Uh, it's just amazing the influence yeah. they have as a retailer. Absolutely right. Yeah, the uh, the store, uh, the Chatston store, also has another feature. They've got another little room. Uh, well, not a little room. They call it the boardroom, where it's actually off the the shop floor. So you you go into this back room. And it's set up like a boardroom. There's a long table, there's a display, a couple of chairs. Uh, and this is where small business, small to medium business customers, entrepreneurs, developers can come and talk to Apple staff about the best products and software for them. And there are, there are drawers on either side that, that, that have all the different products that can be demonstrated. All on the wall are, are beautiful etchings from Apple Park, so glimpses of the new campus. Remember we saw those in downstairs at the Steve yes. Jobs Theatre in those yes. back rooms, quite beautiful. Yeah, yeah. well, the, uh, they, they have a <clears throat> similar setup within the boardroom, which is an, a- an area where you can have a bit of one-on-one with uh, Apple Apple, uh, Apple employees. But the, the store employees too, in the avenues, they do have experts in the various areas. So say you're in near the headphones. So they've got someone who's an expert, in, or an audio expert, who can give you expert advice on the on the best headphones for you. Mm. They may have a photography expert near all the camera, the photo accessories and all, all those sort of products as well. So it's not only the look and feel of the store, it's also the staff that can actually help make the store a better experience for customers. I think Tim, Tim Cook earlier this year, remember at Worldwide Developers Conference, he said that the retail is all about it, – it's not all of just about the selling. It's more than that. It's about the learning and being inspired and, and connecting with other people. So, so the, the sale of a product is the result of that, and and that that's what Apple do so well. They give you that great experience. You get that good community feel in the store, and, and more, more often than not, people are buying products there as well. Well, the interesting thing for me is who will get the 500th store? Well, there's 497 yeah, in the world. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, There'll yeah, be so three more. They go, well, who's going to get the 500? It'd have to be in the US, I'd think, I'd say. Or, or maybe an area where... Maybe like India or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, I was just thinking somewhere where there's massive population where they want to really make an inroad, like mm. China or India or someplace like that. So, uh, yeah, 497. I'd say we, we'll tip over 500 in 2018 without a doubt, wouldn't we? Yeah, I would think so. Now, the other Apple news this week uh, that I thought we'd quickly share is uh, Bendigo Bank launching Apple Pay. And this, to me, is... Uh, a really important uh, moment. Now, I know Benigo Bank's not the biggest bank in the world, but having um, so many banks with Apple Pay now, except for NAB, Westpac, Combank, and Bendigo, and the reason those four are critical is because um, uh, they all took Apple to the ACCC. They all made an application to the ACCC to have uh, the ability to act as a cartel, to uh, work uh, together to negotiate with Apple. And the ACCC rejected that. Um, it's not uh, corporate um, best practice. That's what they had to apply to the ACCC. And so they were all filthy that they lost that. They believed it was in their rights. Um, and I, to be honest, thought those four would never budge. But Bendigo have done the right thing here. I reckon they got so- – I reckon they were – bullied essentially into coming in as part of that action because <laughs> you know imagine them in this playground right there's his his little bendigo over there combank national and apple are here um and and uh and westpac are here 
and and they're going. Listen, mate, uh, come with us. We're gonna we're gonna take him on, right? So Bendigo's budged early. Uh, given given the the big four conglomerate they were in, and I think it's great because they've admitted it was what customers wanted. They've as they launched, they didn't put an ad out, they didn't put a press release, they just put a thing on Twitter, and they started. They went back and started replying to customers who had asked for it. Yeah. Saying we've done it, when, here it is. When, is. when do you think the Combank and the rest of them are going to do it? <clears throat> Even now, Bendigo, well, they, they've obviously thought. Well, I think okay. it could be twenty twenty. Yeah, really that long. I think they're all so just such arrogant away, pricks really? that it could be that long. <laughs> so that long, eh? But that said, if one of them drops oh, yeah. in twenty eighteen, they'll all go. Absolutely, because yeah. they know like domino effect. Yes, <laughs> and I don't think Bendigo is the first domino. Put it that way. Well, Bendigo is kind of the lightweight of the group, isn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think. Combank, every time I write a story about Apple Pay, every time, and you get this too, people's comments saying, oh, Combank, when are you doing it? Or National Australia Bank. The shift is, the tide is turning, and this is what those banks need to realise. So in the when Apple when ANZ launched, I had people join me and say, well, we're going to switch. But then most people would say, oh, come on, Combank, come on, Combank, come on, Combank. But now I'm starting to see more people going, I've given them the brush and I've moved. So people are switching now again. They've given them a year and a half. And I reckon they're going to start seeing that. And I don't think people are holding out as much as those banks think they would. And Mm. people want it still. There's no doubt. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's look, it's inevitable. I think that everyone's customers are expecting it, just like they're expecting Android Pay or Samsung Pay, whatever kind of pay they want. I think it's 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 up to the banks to provide what the customers want. Give the people want. what they want, folks. Two blokes talking tech, episode three twenty four. See the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features customers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is the result of internationally patented technology to bring the best out of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR plus wide colour gamut and local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. There's also Stand, Freeview Plus and YouTube all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV viewing experience has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series TVs come in in various range of sizes, including 50, 55, 65 and an enormous 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Well, we uh, we know our good friends at Netgear have a huge range of products, and we both use the Orbi Wi-Fi system for some time. And look, I think it's uh, you know it's an amazing product. I think it's under great competition now from Google and others. But here's the funny thing: I'd never really given much thought to, and that's if you're a small business, uh, cafe, uh, retailer who has customers come in who want Wi-Fi. What do you do? Um, do you just go and buy a, you know a router, put it in, and, and tell everyone the the SSID and the password? Um, do you have to go to some extremely expensive solution that that allows you to have that kind of you know login and special password access for people? Great news, and I, I got to tell you, this is bloody phenomenal. Orbi Pro. 
uh, is a new product from Netgear. It's about $824, which puts it only slightly higher than the actual standard Orbi. And what you're getting for that is um, slightly different looking device, but it's very similar to the original Orbi. But it comes with an amazing amount of wall mounts so that you can wall mount, ceiling mount. You can mount this thing pretty Uh much anywhere in your cafe, for example. So you put one, you put the the router next to your modem in the back room and then you put one smack bang in the middle of the cafe. And I'll keep using the cafe example for now. So there's two, two pack, three pack? Two pack, yep. So only two packs available. Can I'm you sure you can pack? get extensions, but okay. all that matters is the two-pack because that's right. what most people would use. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it's it's an Orbi, right? So you set it up and it creates a, a network between the devices, which is for the back channel, and then it creates a network for the for the users to attach to. But it has three networks. The first network is, is for the administrator, and it allows the person with that SSID and password to get access to A, the back end, B, the, the devices on the, on the LAN ports. The second network um, has either has a unique SSID, and that's the one you'd give to your staff. And it gives them a, a single password you give to the staff. Their devices every day, they come in, they connect, and they've got internet, they're good. The third network, mate, this is cool. Now, you've seen – you would have set up guest networks before yeah. on, your, on your modem. It's essentially just a different SSID network name and a different password, and it restricts your, your guests from getting access to your network drives and devices, right? just gives them internet, which is good. Yeah. Okay, it's safe. Connect, like I've and given, so, if like you were given you today, yeah, if oh, I hope <laughs> I've got access to everything. Um, so, if you're in a cafe, you normally use say the guest network, but there's one thing missing. It's the expiration of that password, and it's that you know that login page that says you agree to our terms and conditions, mate. This thing sets it up for you. Okay. You put your logo in. Yeah, I just copy and pasted their terms and conditions and changed Netgear yeah. to EFTM. And now, if you come to my house, the EFTM network, you click on it. Passwords travel along. Oh, and great. and it comes up. I'll be doing some drive-by downloading at your place. Bring it up. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, it comes up with the login page, just like you're at the Qantas Club or the Virgin wow. Virgin um, Lounge. Awesome. So it comes up with the logo, the terms and conditions. You put in the password, you okay. click agree, and it automatically redirects you to EFTM.com. As well? Yeah, so you've got a redirecting place. So you as a cafe so, so owner... holding a gun to people's heads, they've got to visit your website. Is that what you're saying? Well, or? no, but think about it as <laughs> no, a cafe exactly. owner. You would direct them to your Facebook page Absolutely. or maybe even That's to right. a, a menu. Or, yeah. you know, plus the uh, the session expires in two hours. Ooh. So they have to log in every yeah. time. And, and you know, obviously With then... the same password? Or yeah, the same password. password. Yeah, no, the password doesn't change. You have to change the password yeah, as the administrator. Okay. So as the administrator, you could change the password every week, for example, and put it up on the, on the, yeah, on the menu. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, on the day. Like they do in lounges now and then they change it and they put those around. My point being, if you've been to a cafe once or you work in the shop next door, you just get the password and you're sorted. You're on free Wi-Fi. But if you work in the cafe in in the business next door, your Wi-Fi is going to drop out every every two hours. You have to put in the password. It's going to be annoying. And... If you put the password inside the shop, it means people do have to come in. Or they, when they yeah. order a coffee, that's when you give them the password. Maybe you put the password on the receipt like uh, a lot of other businesses that's do. That's right. So, mate, like Two hours is a long time to be in a cafe. That's a lot of coffees. Oh, you, yeah, wouldn't but, want, you wouldn't want some tight ass just ordering one coffee and mate, sitting there for a two hours. a bunch of people sit around for hours in, in places where there's free Wi-Fi. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, some, some places restricted, I think, to 30 minutes, an hour. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but, mate, to be able to get an off-the-shelf really solution yeah, – yeah. I think it's 824, yeah. um, you know, which, which sounds like a lot of money, but in terms of the, the Wi-Fi features for a start, just its speed and ability, great. Yeah. And that's a you know, 699, 799 product. So then to add in the uh, wall mounting brackets, I'm telling you, it's comprehensive you ma- mounting system. Wall mounted? No. Have you met so my you wife? Re- so, you- <laughs> <laughs> so you just replaced the older Orbi? Or- yeah. Obviously, I've set I'm this gonna- up in a house, so yeah, I've course, just, I've just put so it where the, where the Orbis were. A, you haven't opened a cafe recently no, then? No, okay, no. good. But uh, what I was... But I'm... 
I'm going to speak to the good people at, at Netgear because my oh. mum does run a pub. Hello. Hey. Yeah. Walk a road. Let's go. Yeah. And she's got a range extender upstairs for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. All, all be written gonna, all over that. Going to need two satellites. Okay, good. Well, it's a big pump. Well, that's what I've, I'm going to. My review is going to be up on Tech Guide next week, and I'm still setting mine up. But um, I'm interested to see whether it will be possible to use the older Orbi satellites to expand this. I'm not sure whether that would work. I'm, I'm Stay just, tuned. I, to my I understand review. your question, but I just don't see the point because you're buying yeah. this for your cafe. You, you don't. Okay, you, you but if you may have invested in the older one, okay, might, so maybe you you're investing think, in the other one. Yeah. Let's let's think. Well, okay, I might just use one of the older satellites to extend out the back here, so it creates a wider mesh network. Yeah. I'd be interested to know, um, and I didn't check on this, whether the actual hardware inside is exactly the same, and it's just the firmware that's different. Um, yeah. Because if that's the case, then maybe they way. should they should charge fifty bucks for the firmware to, for people to put on their old orbies if they've got a business or a cafe or something. Not sure, but, but they're already paying. How was it? How much is it? Eight. Hundred and twenty nine dollars. No, but if you've got the old original consumer yeah, orbi okay. and you want that login guest login, you know, oh, so you can business features. Yes, oh, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, that's an idea. But uh, no, interesting how uh, the wall mount's an interesting point too, because you can. It, it's really handy. I've got a couple of my yeah, modems wall mounted. Yeah, ceiling mounted. Yeah, absolutely. I've already got a network in here anyway. I've expanded the network into here too, into this room. But the Orbi will definitely get a start. You've got uh, Wi-Fi issues, mate. I'm definitely getting. I'm definitely getting some form of Wi-Fi infection. I do have a lot of a lot of networks, yeah, and they're all all Star Wars characters. It'll be better if you only had one. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. Congestion, interference. There's a bunch of reasons why too many networks is a bad thing. My Wi-Fi could be better than it is now. Yeah, by reducing the number of networks I've got. All right. Have I made that clear enough? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's sort of, I've got this hoarding mentality when it comes to Wi-Fi. I just I can't bring myself to remove it. Your problem is you're trying. The only reason you're hoarding is because you create a yeah. different Star Wars character for every friggin' yeah. network, and too? it's embarrassing. Is mate. that too? But um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, two blokes talking a, tech. If you've got a small business, Ill- I've got an illness. Is it or yeah, you do. I've got a, it's called Star Wars. You think that's an right? illness, mate? <laughs> uh, two blokes talking tech. Uh, if you're a small business uh, and looking for Wi-Fi for your staff and your and your customers, uh, Orbi Pro uh, review at eftm.com. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, on the subject of uh, we're talking about, uh, we just spoke about the new Orbi, the Orbi Pro, and the whole Wi-Fi coverage. And how often do you hear people, and you've heard this a lot, people complaining about the NBN and their speeds. Uh, interesting story that I wrote in on Tech Guide. There was an infographic that was uh, that was pitched to me. I thought, yeah, I'll give that a run and, and also uh, write a story to go with it. And the story is all about the things you can do, uh, that the things you're doing that could be affecting your internet speed or and, and things you can do to obviously improve your internet speed and various things. You know, little they're very simple things, but they could help you. It's those little ten percenters that can have build up and make your Wi-Fi in your home a little bit better. Now, I'll be clear: it's impossible to make the internet come into your house faster. So, whatever connection you've got, whatever you're getting into your home, that's there. But how you can improve your the efficiency of your wireless network at home is something you can do. So, I'm going to stop you right there and say there is some things you can do to make sure you're getting the most from your internet coming yes. into your home though because if you've got, for example, fiber to the node, um, having too many um, uh, phone plugs in your home, having uh, bad old wiring will slow it down. So yeah. w- w- what we're saying here is once you've established the, pr- the, the, the best quality internet coming into your home, either through choice or, uh, or you know, doing improvements to, to your wiring, 
most people that ring us, ring me on the radio, say, "Oh, I'm getting, uh, you know, getting speeds of uh, of 15, and I'm paying for 25." And I say, "How are you doing the speed test?" Oh, I'm a mobile phone. And where are you standing? In the lounge room. Okay, but you're you're two rooms away from your Wi-Fi router. Go and stand next to it. In fact, I would prefer that you plug the computer in. Borrow a computer that has Ethernet, plug it into your modem, do a speed test. That's how you know what the internet speed in your home is. Mm. Wi-Fi, sitting next, I sit next to my router, so I get amazing speed on Wi-Fi. And if, if you're using a standard router supplied by your telco, the, it won't have beam forming and tri-bands and all these kind of things mm. and mesh networks. So when you go to the other side of the house, it will be slower and the, the signal will degrade. That's one of the biggest challenges. People need to know that actually in, in, a, in a 21st century world of uh, NBN, you can be buying 50 meg or 100 meg or 25, but if you don't set up a, a full wireless network, uh, across your home, yeah, yeah. you're going to have rubbish wife. Positioning the router is something we'll talk about in a minute. But the first up, cable v wireless, and a lot of people think, well, I've got a, I've got a smart TV upstairs, or I've got a gaming console. Wired will always beat wireless. Hundred percent. So my, my suggestion: if you're if you're renovating a home, building a new home, run cables to every place where you're going to have a television. Run just as you're going to put an aerial connection in the wall. Run an Ethernet connection there as well. So have cables, Cat6 cable, all running back to your modem, wherever that's going to be, hopefully in a central part of your house. Cable will always beat Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi gets you speeds of up to around 860 megabits per second in ideal conditions, but uh, cable can get you 10 gigabits per second uh, over Cat6. So that's one thing. If you if you can connect a, a gaming console or have it on Wi-Fi, the connected console with the cable connection is always going to be faster. Uh, other things, you know, we mentioned routers, and having an old router will not give you the optimum performance. So if your router's three, four years old, might be time to think of a new one, whether it's an Orbi or uh, any of these other mesh networks like the Velop or Google Wi-Fi, or even just having, like D-Link just released the Cobra modem router last week. That's a tri-band router, all the latest bells and whistles, beam forming technology, quality of service, allocate your device to the right band. They are things that can drastically improve the performance on your wireless network. The other thing is router location, which you touched on earlier. Having your router in a central part of your house, ideally in an open area in sort of the middle of your home where that'll give an even distribution of the signal to the rest of your house. Now, if you can't do that, uh, using a range extender or maybe taking up a mesh network like Orbi and those others, that will help you as well. The other thing too is a lot of things, a lot of people think, well, my internet's slow. But often it's not their internet slow, it's the site they're visiting that's slow. And I'll give you an example of that. Go to speedtest.net and and what it does is it automatically finds your best server. But but ignore that. Go to choose a server and zoom out and choose one in America. Choose a, a server in America for speed <laughs> test and hit speed test. Your speed The speed will be lower because the packets take longer to get there and it's yeah, a slower exactly network. Not, yeah. um, I, for example, Aussie Broadband have their own um, speed test server. And so what that does is tell me this is the speed that I'm getting within my paid network. Anything outside of that, I can't control. Life goes on. You know, I, I, you, you turn on your Xbox for the first time in a day and it wants an update for a thousand gigabytes. Take for um, minutes, yeah. and, and it actually says, you know, here's the speed. And you look at it, it's bloody slow. It's because the Xbox server updates, probably in bloody Seattle. Yeah. And, and of course, four it's, million people hitting at the correct. same time. Correct. Yeah. So it's very different where you access the speed and what speed you're checking. So, yeah, so like, there's a lot you can do. There, there is, but yeah, it is the, the your, your connections getting the bad rap where it's the, actually the server that you're accessing 
accessing. Like every website's hosted on a server. So my site, your site, we, we, you're actually, while you're seeing a website in your, on your screen, you're accessing a host server. So depending on whether how that host server's been configured, might be need to be updated, that can affect your speed as well. Mm. So all these little factors uh, can, can, can affect your speed. And, and of course, network traffic, it's like a like a regular highway. The at popular times of the day, and you experienced this driving to my place this morning. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of traffic, and that that's just like the the internet's the same thing. So you can just imagine when at at seven thirty eight o'clock at night, when everyone's had their dinner and they decide they've cleaned up the dishes and they're going to sit down and watch a bit of Netflix. Mm. You're not the only person doing that in, in on your network. Yeah. So obviously, the more traffic at that time of day, you're going to probably experience slightly slower speeds than you would at the in the middle of the day when everyone's at work and, and no one's streaming Netflix in the middle of the day. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. But I have written a story and there's a really interesting infographic to go with it so that if you do these things, you may see an improvement in your speed at home. Yep, well worth checking out the details on that infographic at techguide.com.au. Well, Stephen, the minute reviews, and let's kick this one off together. The uh, LG V30, you looked at this phone at IFA, was it? Uh, IFA, it was announced, yeah, I've, yep. I've had it since IFA, um, and it's uh, now available. It's been available for two weeks now. Eleven ninety nine. Um, it's not a cheap phone. Let's start off with that. It's a, it's a yeah. premium phone because LG, obviously, it's their premium phone, and mm-hmm. they've taken that that tack, which, you know, as you know, I disagree with the, the pricing of these phones at a high rate because of their features. Unfortunately, I think you need to be at a lower price. So that's my only negative about this phone is the price. I, yeah. I think this phone would be unbelievable at 899 it would be um, remarkable up against the Huawei P10 for example you yeah. know I reckon, I reckon even 999 just that just that just the thought that it's it's a it's under a thousand bucks would really move it and, and the, the pricing wise it's obviously a lot cheaper than the iPhone 10 and the and the Galaxy Note 8 but it is more expensive than the iPhone 8 mm. and only 30 bucks cheaper than the iPhone 8 plus yeah so, so things to keep in that, mind. that's a challenge for it but if you're looking for an Android phone and you don't want to be the sheep that gets the same as everyone else, this thing's unbelievable. Like it's a beautiful design. Um, the 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 uh, gloss back is nice, but it has, for my mind, there's two key features: photography and video. Yeah. Um, photography it has the wide angle and the, and the standard lens on both front and back, so you can do wide angle selfies. Now I did glass one of these lenses too. It's got glass crystal lenses in it too. I, I, we did a selfie on the road trip where you know you could kind of see Bowen and I, but then when you hit the wide angle, you see the yeah. car as well. Um, so the 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 wide angle view is is amazing. We took a photo where we stopped at, a, at the Canalpin silo, which is this silo with a big mural on it. Taking photos with an iPhone or, or the standard lens, you just get the car and the bottom half of the silo. You put the wide angle on, you got the whole cool. silo. Yeah, that's, like it's that's unbelievable. That, that's been on a lot of the LG no, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but the really quality of it is pretty darn yeah, good. Yeah. The video stuff is where they've really upped the game though. Yeah. So. Again, hard to describe, but we're sitting here in, in, a, in, a, in a large room and there's a BB-8 on the floor over there. If I'm pointing the video, I can choose um, cinema mode or cine mode, and then you can have this point to zoom. So what happens is you tap on, rather than if you just zoom in with your fingers, it zooms in f- from the center. So it zooms into the center of the picture. But with cine zoom, you can choose the thing on the right-hand side, and you, as you zoom in you using a little, little toggle, zoom, A, yeah, it's yeah. quite a smooth zoom as opposed yeah. to the pinch and zoom style. Yeah. It's quite smooth, and it zooms over to the right hand side, mate. Yeah. It's awesome. It's good. Yeah, I've got a picture on my review on uh, on Tech Guide of uh, I was on the harbour the other day and I zoomed in on just this ocean liner in the middle and it sort of was on the right hand side of the image and sort of went over to that part yeah, of the picture. Yeah. Cinemode, another great video feature that gives you different hues and and tones to your video. Surprisingly, 
the different tones actually changes the look and feel of a video and, and sort of gives you that more cinematic feel. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the screen, six-inch OLED screen, which looks fantastic. And uh, again, fingerprint reader on the back, so you get the best of both worlds. You get all screen, still get fingerprint security, and LG was one of the first companies to put that, that button on the back, put the fingerprint reader there as well. Screen looks fantastic. The audio on this is also excellent. You've got DAC high-end audio on this mm. thing and B&O play-tuned earphones uh, included. B&O have also tuned the audio experience. You get all these different presets so you can optimise the listening experience. So there's that, another another big tick there. Um, one thing that, I, 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 look, I don't know whether it's because I've got an early version or it was sent to me from Korea, there's a lot of bloatware on it. There's a lot of these apps that you can't delete. There's all the... Yeah, no, like, they're not on the, the standard one. I've got, I've yeah, got okay, the standard one. Must be it's mine. excellent. Because there's all these Korean things and like uh, T T uh, connection cellular things and anyway it, I have written that in my review. That's probably the fact that I got mine from sent to me from South Korea. But uh, overall, I think this is a kind of a one of the best kept secrets. You, you don't hear much about it. Everyone's talking about the iPhone 10, the Galaxy Note 8, uh, the the Google Pixel. The LG seems to have sat in the background. I'm calling it sort of the best-kept secret because it does the things all those other phones do in just as good quality. So you've got your video covered, photos covered, audio covered, great-looking device, really fast processor, good battery life as well, great design. Uh, it is, I think, the, the, the dark horse of the whole smartphone market at the moment. Yeah, um, not a bad one to consider. As we say, the only thing we'd, we'd probably recommend is it was at a lower price. But uh, we appreciate that they need to price it where uh, where it makes the money, and that may be the case. It's a JB Hi-Fi 11.99. Check it out, uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And Stephen, uh, something nice and new from Samsung too. Yeah, this is just a quick one. I thought we'd talk about the new Galaxy Tab A 8.0, 8.0 being the size of the screen, the 8-inch screen. This is a tablet designed for the whole family. So this is more their entry-level tablet. They do have the Tab S, the, the top-of-the-line tablet, but now they've got the, the Tab A, which is designed for uh, have all these modes so that you know the kids can pick it up, the parents can pick it up. They've got these multi, multi-user mode where you can set your you, up for you, I can set up for me and the kids and everyone has their apps when they log into it. There's also kids mode where you can hand it off to your child and all they can see are their apps and yeah. games that they yeah, like. Samsung, I remember maybe years ago, Samsung had a Galaxy Tab Kids and it was a yeah. robust, you know, orange or yellow and, and green device. This thing is only $329. It's, um, it's, it's a very nice metal design. It's a good size tablet. To be honest, if you're buying a tablet for the family this year, a lot of people buy a tablet, you know, for all the kids as a, as yeah, a shared yep. gift. Three twenty nine, you're crazy not to consider this no, because this is, and it's quality too, not mate, quality. The most apps now are available on Android, so you'd be surprised that you don't need an iPad. That's that's yeah. the number one thing people well, need to consider. This is gonna. This is what really the competitor against the iPad Mini. A lot of people think, well, the iPad. They think of a tablet. They think iPad Mini. Definitely worth considering the Galaxy Tab A because it does. Uh, it is a nice size, eight inches, not too big, so it's good, small enough for a child to use. Mm. Uh, and three twenty nine, it's not going to break the bank. That's the Wi Fi. If you want to go four G, it's four seven nine. Silver and black, it's available in. I think, uh, and uh, it, it's it's the device. I think that you people will be surprised how much use they get out of it because it's the sort of product that people don't buy for themselves; they buy for the family. It's a it's a device that everyone gets to use. Absolutely, check it out. Uh, Techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Stephen, you've given your guts, mate. Um, we thought it was a, we thought it was a slow news day, but uh, we've yeah. gone an hour as always. 
Yeah. Remember when this was a 30 minute show? I do remember that. Well, how long? Six six years ago? Yeah, it was, it was about 35 do you reckon minutes. People, do you reckon people are listening the full hour these days? I think they do, yeah. Well, I think we've always promised to say something at the end of the show to prove that people have been listening. So why don't we think of a code word to say right now? We've said now, that before. No, we'll, but we'll do it this time. Right. We'll think of a word, right. and if people have listened to this far into the podcast, they can just tweet us that word just to prove they've listened all the way through. So hashtag Ziggy Zaggy, mm, mm. and the the word what what word do we want to think of? Warriors, warriors. Yeah, he's looking at my replica warriors vest signed by the original cast. By it's the a way, replica, the warriors. Mate. So let's say warriors is the code word, and if you want to tweet that to us at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick on Twitter, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. That will prove that you've listened all the way to the end. So warriors is the key word. Well, let's uh, let's quickly check. I don't know if we've had any reviews lately, but um, I'll just quickly bring up the uh, reviews on the iTunes. If you're on the podcast using the iTunes app, be appreciated. Yes, uh, was a one, two, three, four. Uh, great tech newscast. Great job, guys. Good laugh when you're talking about the P. Ta- oh, take it when you're taking the piss out of each other uh, <laughs> and untangles the confusion in tech gadgets. Keep up the good work. Um, Mondo Senior, great podcast, guys. I love this podcast. It's one of the few I subscribe to. I travel a lot by car through country New South Wales. Rely on podcasts to get me through the travel. I particularly like this podcast as it's pitched at a level that's neither too bogged down in jargon or nor, nor overly simplified. Hits the sweet spot for me. The other aspect is you follow a format which creates consistency. And though you might portray that what you do on the day is random, I suspect you both put a lot of work into getting it right prior to recording. Uh, look, I've got breaking news for you, uh, Mondo. Uh, although, did we read that one before? I feel like we've read that before. You might have, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Mondo double-dipped there. He got another mention, yeah, I think. But good on you, Mondo. On you, but Mondo. We, we spent we about five minutes planning this today. I think it was about seven minutes today. Okay. We, we just couldn't work out the lead and we sort of had to work out a different structure and, yeah. Anyway, the uh, the code word is warriors. warriors uh, yeah. Tweet us, uh, Ziggy Zaggy, Trevor Long, oh, uh, at Stephen Fennick, I'll and, take a photo um, and I'll hit tweet, us I'll tweet with the warriors. Uh, that the little vest up there. That's my original. Don't give away the uh, code word. Well, it, yeah, well, after people have replied, I'm going to reply to them nah. with the photo. Oh, okay. That'll be their gift yeah. from you. They get. They'll see. It's better than any other random pick from you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can send them a selfie if you want. You know what? If you want a specific we'll, we'll photo, we'll take a selfie in front of that. Will we? And we'll send we'll send it out. I'll oh, okay. send it out. Anyone who replies on Twitter with the code word will get. They'll be gifted a photo of the two blokes in front of my replica warriors vest with the rigid with the signatures of the original cast of the movie. And I'm talking movie that was released in 1979 uh, about the warriors. It's, anyone else uh, fallen asleep? Any, <laughs> it's got the fa- very famous line. That even you've heard this. You know where the guys rattling the bottles, warriors. Come out to play. Have you heard this movie? Okay. Well, anyone who – people who know what I'm talking about will understand it. Trevor – Everyone a, else, just Trevor, write hashtag a, no idea. Trevor, who's a total movie Luddite who would not know a thing about them, no. uh, won't know what I'm talking about. But for those who do, they'll appreciate it. Well, thanks for the bagging, Stephen. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, Stephen. Let's do it all again next week. Absolutely right. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. 